0: This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today.
1: If you live in Michigan, Minnesota, the Dakotas, pretty much anywhere that in that direction, and then headed all the way to the northeast get your shovels ready. But you know that the winter weather is really kicking in high gear, lots of snow being dumped all over the place, and windy, powerful stuff as well that's knocking around those power lines out there. Hey, everybody. Kate Delaney is always the skipper of this uh, little ship as we navigate through some really wild times as i'm fond of saying including the supreme court hearing arguments in a case about whether social media companies are liable for what their users post can you imagine how groundbreaking this ruling will be and the rippling effects depending on which way the court goes we'll talk about that in a second but uh, the president gave a speech today in poland while President Vladimir Putin in Russia a couple hours before Biden was there in Poland, gave his own version of what's going on a year later after the invasion of Ukraine. So this is how it went. First, there was the dramatic visit to Kiev with Biden under cloak and dagger. Now he spoke at the Royal Castle in Warsaw. It's kind of a drizzly, coldish day, but lots of people out there to see the press waving American flags. Some with signs saying, please, Give us F 16s with Ukrainian flags on them. And uh, one of the things the president said is, Our support for Ukraine will not waver. NATO will not be divided. We will not tire. He said, The real prospect of hard and very bitter days ahead are there. So a few hours before that, Putin gave his own State of the Union address. He signaled that Russia was prepared to intensify the fighting, but this is the big part of what he had to say. He said, right now, Russia is suspending its participation in the New START Treaty, the last, last surviving arms control agreement between Washington and Moscow, means it's dead in the water. That's it. In his address, he claimed that Western nations started the war in Ukraine, saying it's the West's fault that this happened. And one thing that is absolute is Putin showed no sign that he's going to change course at all. Even if there are some battlefield struggles that are definitely happening for Russia, he laid out a plan for a long, long war to come. Then he talked about other things, and he talked about Western sanctions, and he pledged that fighters would receive two weeks of leave every six months because there were so many soldiers who fled, who wanted to get out of Russia, don't want to be there. So it's still happening. It's still happening. I mean, Russia is shelling northern areas to tie up Ukrainian troops who might otherwise defend against attacks in the south. So no end in sight for what's happening in Ukraine. No shift at this point. It could be a very big shift depending on what the Supremes decide to do. Anybody who uses social media could feel the rippling effects particularly the companies obviously there is a law that's called section 230 it's a federal law it's section 230 of the communications decency act which shields online platforms Like the biggies, right? Facebook, Instagram, Google's YouTube from lawsuits over content posted by their users or their decisions to take content down. So this case gives the Supreme Court's justices the opportunity to narrow how the shield is applied or just get rid of it completely which would open up the companies to liability for what users post and to lawsuits over libel discriminatory advertising extremist propaganda wow would that would be a huge huge change critics of section 230 say that it lets the tech companies avoid responsibility for any kind of harm facilitated because that's been posted on their sites Supporters say that without the legal shield, the companies will take down more content than ever to avoid lawsuits, which means no more free expression. The wild, wild west could be coming to an end. So here's the thing. There is a couple, Beatrice Gonzalez and Jose Hernandez, the mother and stepfather of Nohemi Gonzalez. She died in the terror attacks in Paris in 2015, What happened was she was in Paris. She was a first-generation college student. She was studying design at Cal State University in Long Beach. She was killed while she was out with friends during those attacks in Paris. The Islamic State later claimed responsibility. If you remember, she was the only American Killed. Her father sued Google and Facebook and Twitter in 2016, arguing the platforms were spreading extremist content that included crazy messages from the Islamic State's leaders and videos of graphic violence. And then he looked to the media reports, the lawsuit mentioning specific videos that showed footage of the fighters in the field and updates from a media outlet affiliated with the group. So, um, needless to say, this, this will absolutely have some kind of an effect on social you know, media. Tech companies say they'll be devastated if the Supreme Court undercuts Section 230, that it's crucial... To allow not just Google, but the internet to flourish in its infancy to actually become a major part of the broader US economy. Ooh, oh my. Um, look out, we'll see, and obviously keep a close eye on what's happening here. I mentioned uh, winter weather. I mean, we know this. We've been talking about this for days now. And some of it has already hit, particularly in California. And so here's the thing. I mean, there's snow that's coming down, but there's snow that's supposed to get worse. I mean, this major winter storm is just uh, packing a punch with blizzards this week and blizzards all over the place. So it's just, just the idea of venturing out. Just be careful with that um, because we know it looks one way, but then when you actually get into the stuff, it can be much worse. So there's warnings, advisories, watches, all in effect right now for so many, so many, so many uh, areas. You know, you're talking about blasting millions of of people, icing across 35 states. They'll feel that that Arctic air, it funnels into the jet stream and then it dives south. So it sets that stage for that major winter storm. You, know, you have to become like a weather. You have to become like a meteorologist when you want to talk about the weather anymore. But seriously, you know, there's at least 31 million Americans under some sort of uh, alert, and and it's continuing. Blizzard warnings in effect for southern Wyoming. Hey, look, there's winter storm watches that kicked in from Arizona in the southwest to the plains, and. Uh, Midwest. So significant significant falls like in Seattle and Washington and Medford, Oregon and uh, temperatures that are pretty cool to say the least. And we know in Minneapolis they're really, really going to get hammered. When you look at a map and it says winter storm warning and you see just this alert over Minneapolis, Rapid City, Casper has it. Um, O'Neill and sort of parts of North Platte and Nebraska, also the same thing. Freezing rain, wintry mix. Look out, people. Just be careful out there.
2: It's easy to see. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines. Instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families, we all know something big is coming. And that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming more self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. will ship that same day. Time is short. Prepare today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com MyPatriotSupply.com Radio.
3: Why should I advertise on radio? There's nothing to look at. No
4: pictures. Listen, you can do things on radio you couldn't possibly do on TV. That'll be the day. All right, watch this. Okay, people, and now when I give you the cue, I want the 700-foot mountain of whipped cream to roll into Lake Michigan, which has been drained and filled with hot chocolate. Then the Royal Canadian Air Force will fly overhead towing a 10-ton maraschino cherry, which will be dropped into the whipped cream for the cheering of 25,000 extras. All right, cue them up. Cue the Air Force. Cue the maraschino cherry.
7: Hey guys, why settle for poor quality Powdy Arco that's sold by stores and online resellers when you can get Tehebo Tea Club's original pure Powdy Arco Super Tea at drinksupertea.com or 818-965-9113. The Tehebo Tea Club's original pure Powdy Arco Super Tea is only available at drinksupertea.com. 818-965-9113. 818-965-9113. That's drinksupertea.com
1: ever feel completely down on your luck whether it's your career or just your life do you look at other people and wonder why them not me i'm kate delaney i did it i admit it i've learned some valuable and priceless lessons from some of the rock stars i've interviewed over the years like sir richard branson or the late great john madden and i want to share them wanna laugh, wanna learn, want to laugh want to learn what more out of life then pick up a copy of my book deal your own destiny increase your odds win big and become extraordinary get it on amazon today When you drive around, really, in so many places in this country, and tell me honestly, when you when I say this, if you haven't seen this, I, I think everybody has seen this. Have you seen whether it's a big dog or kind of a smallish dog with their heads sticking out of the window? You know, somebody's driving around, and and the dog's just there, and and rough, rough. You know, they're they're. Pulling the air in, and they look so happy. The breeze in their face. How about this? There's a new Florida bill that would make it illegal for dogs to stick their heads out of a car. They would ban it. It's called the Rough Rule, banning that from happening. And it would require the Department of Law Enforcement to create public public registry of convicted animal abusers. They, they'd have to. You'd be on the registry. So it's like what? Um, I don't know how I feel about that, right? If you're a dog owner, you're not allowed to have, you wouldn't be allowed to have your pet extend its head or any other body part outside of any kind of a moving vehicle, whatever it is, while the person is operating it on a public roadway. So the dogs would have to be on a, a harness. If it's passed, dogs w- must also be on a harness or in a pet seat belt when traveling in a car. Wow. So that means whoever sells the seatbelts, they're going to be happy about that because they're going to be selling a lot of seatbelts. So you see, I have to say, when I lived in the great state of Texas, when I lived in California, when I lived in uh, outside of Philly, when I lived in Ohio, when I lived in the South, when I, you know, all the parts of the country I've lived in, I've always seen this. Uh, not that it's constant. Not every car had a dog with the that had a dog in it had the dog doing that, but pretty common. And it, in Florida, it's very common. And what the what the thought is, the Humane Society is saying. And somebody told me somebody told me this before this bill was discussed that while most dogs love to stick their heads out of the open windows, the wind can irritate. The, their mucous membranes and blow pieces of grit or other debris into their eyes and they could be injured by objects as you drive down the road. So... um Wow, how about that? The um, the bill would also ban the sale of rabbits in March and April because that's what you do for Easter for some people. And it would require the Department of Law Enforcement, like I said, to create this list of convicted animal abusers, and it would also prohibit cat owners from declawing their pets. So look out for the cats who have claws, get a seatbelt for your dog and don't buy any rabbits, I guess is the, is, is what this is telling us. And it was a state Senator, Lauren book who represents parts of South Florida, who introduced this bill as an animal welfare bill last week. And I started to think about it. I have a golden retriever mix Guinness, who would love nothing better than to stick his head out of the window. And I have done that in the past, but I haven't, I haven't done it lately because there was one time where I started to roll up the window a little bit and I didn't realize that I, I didn't realize it. I didn't realize I thought he was laying down on the seat. I didn't hurt him. Nothing happened, but it kind of scared me. I heard like a little yelp and I, I decided, okay, that's it. I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, and I would pass all these other cars, and everybody everybody had their sweet little precious dogs, their heads out the window. So I think this is probably has a chance to pass. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe somebody will think it's too extreme, and they, there won't be the votes for it, but I have a feeling it will. And you wonder if that will spread to other areas of the country. And it's just kind of an interesting debate as to... How do you feel about that? Um, You know, how do you feel about not having the dog being able to do that? And I started to think, well, you even have people that have dogs that are in, like, golf carts, and you live in a little community somewhere, and... They're riding the, the dog around in the golf cart and would they also be subject to those penalties? I would imagine they would be if, if they were on any kind of a, a road. So it kind of opens up the door for a few different things to to happen, that's for sure. I mentioned this in a previous hour, but it's it's interesting, you know, we keep dancing we keep dancing around the word recession. We just saw the Dow take its biggest tumble, almost 700 points, on Tuesday in 2023, the the lowest, that, you know, the worst day that we've uh, seen. And we've had existing home sales fall for the 12th straight month in January with year-over-year sales falling 37%. You know, that's the biggest decline since 2010. So... He, we dance around the whole recession thing. Then you see Walmart. They say they're not optimistic about 2023 because of inflation and the risk of recession. So they're warning people about prices. Like, people run to Walmart. Why? Why do people go to Walmart? Because they get cheaper prices. So the mega retailer, which reported $164 billion in revenue compared with $160 that the analysts thought it was going to be, you know, that's a seven what, 7.3% year-over-year gain, they're saying, don't think all is well for us. We're struggling to pull in cash-strapped consumers into buying goods like toys and electronics and clothes. And, yeah, customers are still spending money. That's what their chief executive uh, says but it's not as clear to them as what it used to be as what the back half of the year is going to look like so it's interesting because of the recession risk there there's um a lot of companies that are taking measures to try to do what they can defend off uh, what could be disastrous, so that's why you've seen in the tech industry so many different layoffs because of how many people they hired in the first place during the pandemic and now trying to do the um, now trying to do the opposite, trying to figure out how the, how can they get lean and how can they still keep attracting people. Do you remember the first iPhones, the first gen iPhones when iPhones were talked about? oh, iPhones, iPhones, and, you know, how much they cost and how ridiculous it was to think that this was going to be, you knew it was going to be a thing. But how big it was going to be, did you really know? 2007, right, a first-generation iPhone, not even opened, sold for $63,356, more than 100 times its original asking price. This was at an auction. Well, I had this phone, and it was just wrapped up, so um, I, now it's a relic, and now I'm going to make some money on it, right? Because uh, I hung on to the phone, and that's exactly what happened. But it's unique because because you're not finding those anywhere else, so, I mean, there you go. All right, if you want, you want some good news, do you like the shamrock shakes? I know so many people who are wild for St. Patrick's Day, which is coming up in less than a month, but for one of the reasons, because they love these shamrock shakes. You know, the, sh- and the, the shamrock shake actually came about in 1970. I did a little, a little research on this, and it's been popular really ever since then. It's made with vanilla soft-serve ice cream, and then there's artificially flavored minty green syrup, and of course you have the whip topping on it and it's it's a best seller and now they're also they also have the oreo shamrock mcflurry so that just includes oreo cookie pieces mixed in but it's green and it's so funny because the origins like i said that when they go back to 1970 there was a connecticut mcdonald's owner a guy named Hal Rosen, who created it to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. And it's the treat that, you know, became available seriously, not just in a couple of areas. It's become wide in 2012. So even though it was out there in some places, it became bigger after that. And it's, it is something that just sells and sells and sells and sells. It's just something that, that trends. Um, I guess it 's not surprising right it's like it, it, it's one of those it 's one of those special treat things that goes with the holiday, just like we just had mardi Gras, so what goes with mardi Gras? Think about the special cakes and the things that you know mardi gras means food wise the food by the way in New Orleans is always so so good, but you have the mardi Gras king cake and there's all kinds of um, special places where you can actually get it not just in New Orleans but it's a huge huge celebration I hope the people in New Orleans really really took it all in meet you on the flip
0: side
7: Hey, Jimmy, turn off the video games. Let's go play some ball.
0: I'm in
2: the middle of my game. Can't we go later?
7: Come on, it'll be fun. It'll be there when you get back.
2: Okay. But there's no way you're going to win.
7: Why don't you grab some water and granola bars, and then we'll see about that.
2: You can make a difference. Eat smart, play hard. And when you do, your kids will too. A challenge from USDA.
6: USA News Update. The United States is advocating for a temporary ceasefire in Gaza that includes the release of hostages held by Hamas. State Department spokesman Matthew Miller emphasized that an unconditional pause in fighting without the release of hostages only benefits Hamas. The U.S. is gearing up to impose significant new sanctions on Russia following the passing of Russian opposition figure Alexei Navalny.
0: What I came to tell you was, I told you we'd be announcing sanctions on Russia. We'll have a major package announced on Friday.
6: President Biden says the sanctions aim to hold Russia responsible for Navalny's death and for its actions during the conflict in Ukraine. President Biden's brother, James Biden, will testify before lawmakers as part of the Republican-led impeachment inquiry into the president on Wednesday. James Biden is set to undergo a deposition with members of the House Oversight Committee. John Schaefer, USA News.
9: com gcnfood.com
1: Taking you to Hawaii. Wow, who doesn't want to be in Hawaii? And we're going to introduce you to an author, Don Holman. He's in our virtual green room. He has written a book called Mutiny on the Omaha, book one. And there's an entire series that's going to come out with all of this. In fact, he's he's written 10 books. He's got 10 books all together, which is mind-blowing in itself. And science fiction is one of my favorites. And he really takes you on a ride with Mutiny on the Omaha. Thanks so much, Don, for joining us. Oh, great to be here. So let's talk about your road to, first of all, science fiction. Why science
5: fiction? Did you always have an interest? I think I've always had an interest. I read uh, grade one. I'm, I'm dyslexic. I had a horrible time and nobody knew it. I didn't know it. I had a horrible time learning to read in, in grade one. When, once I finally got it so that I knew enough to read, I've been reading voraciously ever since. I would go to the library, get three books on Friday. Uh, Monday morning, I'd get three more. Friday, I'd have those done. I'd get three more. I was only allowed to take out three from that library. <laughs> and, and so I've been reading. And science fiction, it just... Uh, Give scope to the imagination. I mean, why not? It's, it's any you can do anything you want. Uh, any situation, any character having, you know, s- potential problems to solve. So all the, uh, uh, I write, I figure out a problem, and then I, I have to figure out a way for the characters to solve it. It really keeps you exercised and energized. So tell us about the
1: story, Mutiny on the Omaha. We're not going to tell everybody everything, but give us sort of the movie trailer version or a sneak peek. What's the story about? And tell us about some of the characters. Well,
5: it's really kind of pro The young man, he's just graduated or just graduating high school. His father has just gone missing trying to test out an advancement in the space drive in the ship he, he, he designed, the changes that he designed for a standard mail ship that goes between solar systems. And he went out to test this change and disappeared. No further word. And, of course, he left lots of debts behind. They're getting kicked out of their house. He doesn't, he's got scholarships, but he doesn't have money to cover your room and board and so on. And uh, they don't have, uh, his mother is going to visit her sister, but she, there's no university there. So he decides there's just been war de- been declared. And so he wants to join the military and work on computers, of course. That's his, his thing. So he convinces his mother, he joins the military, he gets taken under the wing of a very kind officer, and he's promoted through, I mean, the officer says, well, you could take the classes, but you know more than the instructors. So he shepherds him through an accelerated uh, basic training, if you will, or take basic tactical training then goes on and gets to the school he wants to which are the super advanced computers that they use to operate the ships and bases and so on and then he graduates he goes to another final advanced school that teaches how to use the computers better when there's an attack by the enemy uh some some small ships destroyer type ships that have loaded with you know uh missiles that have atomic warheads, and they have to defend themselves. And he comes up with an idea, uh, puts it out there, and then gets drafted to do something else totally different, of course. Anyway, um, the story that's sort of the you get the first two or three chapters are kind of getting him ready to do things. then he starts doing things and it's the story. Of where he goes from planet to planet, doing various things. Like one one planet, uh, he's a steward or crew, whatever, on a space plane that goes up into the space, up to the space station, and then lands with people going on rest and recreation on the planet. And this guy is a little chubby. He's very standoffish. He doesn't even come out of his cabin most most stops. He hands opens the door a crack. He hands in the papers get it handed back out. And but one place on the planet, and it's the only place that has that was really developed before the military moved into this strategically loaded located uh, planet. Uh, there was a, a diamond mine, a very unusual diamond mine. It was a, diamonds are often created by, vul, in volcanic, volcanic, can't even say the word today, in a volcano. And this one spewed out ash all over the place for years or decades or whatever. And in that ash, there's a, lots of these little tiny, tiny diamonds, and the guy that discovered it became very rich and became mayor of the town that grew up and every time they land there oh and this is the only place there's lots of undesirables every time they land there the captain of the space plane grabs his briefcase and rushes off as soon as they land and then he comes back right before it's time to take off and of course the propaganda that they get is if you see something say something you know anything unusual you're supposed to report it and he doesn't know whether he should report it or is is the guy just being atypical you know pain in the behind or is it something more sinister so one day he gets the opportunity and he follows him and You know, one guy's on the bus and he's having to walk to try to catch up and he sees them going in. And the volcano, the old volcano cone, they took a uh, mining machine and did a spiral up around the edge of the volcano. And from that spiral, which is like a big long ramp about, you know, six, seven stories high, and then they would dig in and they would mine out little chambers. You can't have too many mined out or it becomes unstable. And the stuff they mine out gets processed for diamonds, and then they kind of, basically they're fronting money for the for the mining company to process the stuff that they dig out for diamonds. If they get lots of diamonds, you know, they get their money back. If they don't, well, they've still got, place to live or for a store or so on and he finally finds out where the guy's gone and he walks around it's a little store and there's a bead curtain in the back and he looks and there's a spotlight down on this table and on the table is a go board if you've ever played go or know anything about it it's a chinese origin japanese national game of go. and they're playing it and you know one arm comes out into the light with the with the single ring for the for the captain showing you know he knows who it is obviously and he plays and the other guy plays immediately and then the captain hesitates and then plays again obviously one guy's the guy he's playing with is a lot better than the captain is so anyway it, it so all this build up he just he just uh, likes to play go. <laughs> a fun you know a fun end to a, an interesting story. Others you know every chapter basically presents a problem. You know a captain that is eccentric and unusual, and then they come along and there's the pro- the problem solved, and then of course that triggers that the captain will play with him. And they have a much better relationship, and he starts getting invited up to the front cabin occasionally. So great outcome, but it's uh, you know all sorts of different situations in the book and the characters, and the situations of real life. What you might uh, what you might find out. I mean, he's even taken to a brothel, and you find out how re- how he reacts to that, and then he is taken eventually he's assigned to a space station where the computer which is the ones he learned to work on and put together and diagnose and so on is taken to this sent to the space station and he's the reason that the the shuttle going out to the space station is in such a big hurry he doesn't know anything He takes, and he's substituting, it it got its departure time moved up. He's taking the place of the steward that didn't make it to the shuttle. And so he's first off, he takes everybody's baggage in, goes right through this group of officers waiting for the shuttle. And then he tries to set out for this place on, he doesn't know where it is, but he sets out trying to find the place that he was told to report to and gets braced up by the the drill sergeant type warrant officer and you know drifts up bounces off the ceiling comes back down and eventually makes it to where the the computer is and finds out that something's you know wrong big time you don't have a complete complete computer here so there's another mystery to solve and another problem
1: The only thing people have to do listening to this is to go and get it. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it wherever great books are sold. Mutiny on the Omaha, book one. Don Holman, thanks so much. welcome.
3: My name is Milan Vukovic. Ten years ago, I got frustrated with the quality of Pau Diarco tea sold in the stores. So, I founded the Pau Diarco Tea Club that now ships our Super Tea to over 100 countries. You too can order or get info about the original Pure Pau Diarco Super Tea at www.drinksupertea.com or by calling 818-965-9113. Why settle for less when you can order original Pure Pau Diarco and drink Super Tea for only $34.95 per pound plus shipping? Each pound makes 300 cups, which is the equivalent of $0.12 per cup for the original Pure Pau Diarco Super Tea. Order now at www.drinksupertea.com. That's drinksupertea.com or by calling 818-965-9113. That's drinksupertea.com, or by calling 818-965-9113. Do you know someone with a
5: drug or alcohol problem? Get help now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Call 800-284-0523. Learn how through the Family Medical Leave Act, you can leave your job without losing your job. Locations everywhere. Get immediate help for drug and alcohol problems. Call now, 800-284-0523. 800-284-0523.
0: If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why
1: Michael Joseph Mann is in our virtual green room and I have to take a second because he's got such an interesting background. Imagine you're an attorney, you're in the legal profession and you've done this and you've done that and you've built up your name and now you are the go-to person for 20 different counties. Wow, that would be a very busy job. So I would imagine that writing a novel would be a great release. So, Michael, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. What has your, before we get into the book, what has your life been like on the legal side of things?
8: Uh, It's just been uh, exciting and and sort of uh, maybe not that uh, exciting to the, normal person but just from us uh, from my standpoint it's pretty good with uh, there's 20 different counties have a in, in uh action in uh, in emergency communications and i sort of got into that many years ago and picked up that and they have got a uh, 20 counties that i've served now and well, I... it, it keeps me busy
1: yeah, I just think of the 20 counties and knowing, dealing with one county, how overwhelming that can be, how 20 would uh, would be, certainly. So in between all of that running around, you find time for killing time. What was it that motivated you to write the novel?
8: Well, you know, it's always a dream to have a written word express I thought, you wanted to keep inside. But then when you dare to write it down and share it with others, there's a deep satisfaction as I began to write in my early years, it was a hand of a sister's of charity at the old Catholic school that encouraged it. I was named the co-editor of the school's first newspaper. Of course, this gave me the opportunity to write the heroics of school teams in sports, but then it you know, transgressed into high school where I became the sports editor. But then uh, my senior year, my dreams fell about the uh, sports editor at the local paper. in the Chattanooga Times had retired after 33 years of service, and the new editor was in named And I would be at least 33 years before a new opportunity came about. So then my sports pursuit had ended, and a new wave came about, and that next wave was uh, Vietnam. So I became a dog handler and served 18 months there. I made many friends. I kept a diary of each day's event. Many years later, after I was deep in my lawyer activities, I went back to the diary and wrote a book. It was based on a diary, but also expressed the thoughts so many of us had. It was called American Passage, the Class of 68. It was a self-published author, of course. And uh, that's how I began to write The Killings Time. It took many years to complete, you know, having to find time amidst my lawyer activity. And as I've noticed before, you know, I'm still a lawyer working with 20 counties in the emergency communication field. So that's pretty much, you know, the background of how I came about this.
1: And tell us about the book. It's, you know, if you take us to the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, all the crazy chaos and anarchy there, and I know I've toured it. I went through this with this show, and there were dozens of things, dozens of what you call foul play situations that are reported corpses uh, discovered in empty houses and buildings. Tell us more about the story and your main character, Irish Henry.
8: Well, you know, he's the... um kind of a guy that came out of the troubles of Ireland, and he was a young man there, he got in trouble there, and he was uh, routed out there uh, from it to to, uh, the United States, which uh, over to Boston, he got into the, enter into this, in the military service, where he could then serve and gain his citizenship. And uh, he ended up in in Vietnam, uh, as a dog handler, of course. (laughs) But (laughs) The, uh, that was a, a you know, just a, a small part of his, his story that comes out in the story. Um, he was, uh, he then came you know, went to law school in, in, in Louisiana and served in, uh, in New Orleans as, uh, as a public, uh, you know, district attorney's office and, uh, the, the, uh, assistant there. And, um he had, uh, a lot of friends there, and he and kept him, and he was very successful in his career. But um, he had a, came into a, you know, a young guy, well, again, he called the kid, um, that was a, also a, a newspaper there. But he had been, uh, he had quite, a, quite an interesting background himself. He had, had grown up in uh, Dallas and had been a young man going to the but his parents to uh, see the new president coming to to, to uh, visit the city, and uh, that was of course JFK. And he was had his little brownie with him taking pictures, and he snapped one shot where the guy behind him had, uh, and then just shot his gun. It was um, and from the, the you know the one of the areas there that. Uh, was always in concern about being a, a concern of, you know, where there was a, a shot being. And anyway, he in, ended up having to go into his, his uh, uh, you know, different kind of uh, background. He had to change his leave his family and all that, and move about and keep him out of ju- the uh, uh, judgment of the uh, somebody in the government that was after him. And so the uh, the two of them anyway end up in in there in New in, in Orleans in the in the post of the hurricane, and um, and it starts from there, and they um, end up the two of them become the the people that learn about their background are under them, the impression you know of what they wanted to get to them and get get them removed. So they that's where it starts
1: for you to write the book and write the dialogue. like Here's some of the dialogue. I love the dialogue because you're so descriptive. You say, the rain slackened and the wind had stopped. The city smelled. Odors of sewage mixed with other foul aromas and the humidity was high even for New Orleans. O'Malley's was in the high side of the French Quarter just above the flooding but the waters were visible a block away as O'Grady walked quickly towards Jackson Square. I can so visualize that having been there and even if people listening haven't been there i think they get the real feel for it was it fun or challenging or what was it like putting this all together weaving the story together
8: well it was fun doing it because i had been there in the in that area you know a few times before and it, it just really caught on to me uh about using this that city as a grid of it and it was um it really was sort of, sort of uh, interesting to, to use that as the background.
1: Yeah, I bet. When you uh, so killing time, we're speaking with Michael Joseph Mann. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and, and Noble. Uh, he joins us here on America Tonight. What do you hope people take away from reading your novel?
8: Well, I, I just hope they enjoy it and uh, the uh, the way it ends. It's sort of. Uh, Ends up with a, I don't know if a good out, outcome, but a, a more satisfaction of satisfaction. The and I hope that the people enjoy it that way.
1: Will you do a follow up to this? Will be, there be another novel?
8: Well, you know, I've actually, I've got one under under the uh, under the going up a little bit, and uh, I've started on it. Yep.
1: So you have a knack for this. You like this. In the off time, this is something that you do.
8: Yes, I do. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I love it. Again, the book is called Killing Time. Michael Joseph Mann, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, it's. Um, I read that little bit of dialogue, and it really is fascinating, and I have a thing about New Orleans, as many of you know, and I've had the opportunity to be there many times, and I did see the aftermath of Katrina and um, the rebuilding and what it was like, and so his description of the chaos, the water, the things that happen, and the fact that this... This Henry O'Grady, Irish Henry, is a former assistant district attorney, and he's right in the middle of all of this. And, And as you heard from Michael when he talked about, if you go back and you look at his history and you look at the fact that um, of his encounters, including with Martin uh, the kid uh, who 's known as uh, who 's a writer and a witness to the JFK assassination. Can you imagine what that is like because of the fear he had and then both of them having their own enemies and things that they had to deal with as a result of what they do for a living. And the Big Easy was just a perfect, perfect place for this to pull all this intrigue in. And, and by the way, there's some romance in this, and it's pretty interesting, even the, the question of the JFK assassination. So we thank him for that conversation, and all of you for listening to this version of the show. Make it count, everybody. Ever feel completely down on your luck, whether it's your career or just your life? Do you look at other people and wonder, why them, not me? I'm Kate Delaney. I did it, I admit it. I've learned some valuable and priceless lessons from some of the rock stars I've interviewed over the years, like Sir Richard Branson or the late, great John Madden, and I want to share them. Want to laugh, want to learn, want more out of life? Then pick up a copy of my book, Deal Your Own Destiny, Increase Your Odds, Win Big, and Become Extraordinary. Get it on Amazon today.
7: The Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pau D'Arco Super Tea naturally builds good cells and kills bad cells. So, it's great for healthy people, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting an infection, diabetes, or cancer. To order, visit drinksupertea.com or call 818-965-9113. That's drinksupertea.com. 818-965-9113. drinksupertea.com.